Today on the No City on the Sideline Dad Podcast, episode number 115, Is Your Money Smiling? My guests say Ken Hano off the book, Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. Can I actually do, can you actually do that? We'll find out more next on the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, my name is Joe Foley, and I want to thank you for being here. Hey, if this is your first time, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. One thing I want to do today in this episode is kind of let you know exactly what the podcast is about. Sometimes I don't talk about it, but I think it's important to talk about it. So I, I want to bring it up today. The podcast is about being a dad. That's kind of no sitting on the sideline dad podcast. About being a parent. That kind of ties into being a dad. Self-improvement. We're always trying to improve ourselves. So especially me being my age now, I'm, I'm still trying to improve myself. That's why I have guests on who talk about different topics. Mental health especially now with everything going on. It's, mental health is kind of a big topic. Everyone goes through it. We all got to try to figure it out and, and kind of, I don't know, wade into the waters and, or, and try to waste better ways of dealing with it. Life lessons. There's always a life lesson. There's always interesting topics, stories. You know, people overcoming stories too. I think it's funny because I have a lot of those things too. And I like hearing people's overcoming certain challenges and things we should not, we should be doing, but we don't. <laughs> There's a lot of things I should be doing, but I don't. I bet you have the same thing. And it's interesting to find out about certain, like, health things, like vitamins or eating right, or which I can take a lot of lessons from that myself. If you Also, if you like this podcast, please share with a friend. Let people know about this podcast. More people know about the podcast, more we get the word out, more I get more, we get more listeners build the community, and um, I, think, I think people really like it. Next up, my guest, Ken Honda, author of the book, Happy Money. We talk a lot about how, how money makes you feel. Money makes you feel, you know, sad, frustrated, anxious. Ken has some great ideas about saving money, setting example for kids. It was an honor to speak with Ken, and especially him spending a half hour or so with his time really meant a lot. Ken shared a lot of good information. I don't want to hold you up because I know this is, this is a good episode. So let's jump right in. Hey, the podcast, we're going to answer the question, is your money happy and smiling? Welcome to the podcast, Ken. Hello, Joe. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited. It's, it's an interesting topic. I guess a lot of people have a lot of anxiety about money and, and worries about money and, and, and different situations with money. How can money can make us happy. How, how does that work? You know, what's interesting is that it's not uh, how much you have or how much you make. It's about the feeling you have toward money. So when you receive money, can you smile? Or instead, do you feel irritated uh, and complaining about how little uh, you get paid when you receive a check? And also, when you spend it, can you stay happy uh, when you write checks for paying bills and taxes? Can you smile while you're doing it? So, it, you know, it's just a feeling. And if you're happy about receiving and giving, you're a happy man or a 
women. What a, I mean, different mindset, though. People have anxiety about money and stuff like that, and people are always worried about money. How can that maybe change their mind and thought about that? You know, um, after about 1900s, you know, we started working for to, to make a living. You know, we need to uh, bring food on the table. We need money. When we were farmers, you know, we didn't worry about um, making money for food. But since we, uh, we buy food, we need a roof over our, our head, you know, we started to worry about money because money is tied to survival. So first of all, you have to relax that even if you have no money, you're not going to die. Because I've, I've interviewed so many millionaires, and uh, they said that at least three or four times, they have been into no money situation. You know, people are worried because it's going to kill you. But even if you happen to be in a no money situation, that doesn't kill you. So don't uh, associate no money situation with your death. That's the first thing because that is the biggest fear, actually. And if you know that there will be always somebody to help you, you know, you may not have to worry about money as much as you, you, you do now. Well, interesting question. The interesting um, topic. Get to that more about in a second. But how did you get involved in something like this and this topic about money? You know, my father is a very successful accountant, tax accountant, and he started teaching me, or my um, brother and my sister, when we were very small. So he started teaching us about stock market and taxes and how money is made and how you how you budget it, certain things. So. Since I was eight or nine, I started to have, to have more interest about money than other kids. Well, it's interesting, too. And um, how did you get to write this book about money? Because that's a very hot topic for people. Mm -hmm. And what I'm finding out, it's so universal. You know, I, since my book has been out in 30 different countries, I get emails from Russia, Greece, Poland, and China, and, of course, the United States and India. And um, it's so interesting because we worry about the same thing. You know, we are in this capitalist society, so we need to deal with money, like it or not. So we happen to have the same or similar uh, worries about money. <laughs> what is one of the things, a lot of people, there's a lot of negative thought about money. You know, money can be root of, like we were saying, money is root of all evil. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I, I need money to pay bills or make a mm -hmm. living. But what is what are some what are some myths or negativities about money? I think what you're saying is somewhat true because you know some people do bad things because of money, and so there's some truth to that. And um, you know, money can kill people, money can hurt you, but also money can, you know, save your life. Money can show you happiness and love. So um, you can so many you can do so many things with money. So and money is a neutral thing. You know, it's the meaning that we give it to money. So you have to be responsible for what you see in money. And if you have negative money beliefs, it's because of your past. You know, most of us grew up with uh, negative attitudes because our parents weren't happy with money. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you're wealthy or if you're uh, poor, uh, financially challenged uh, family. It's the same because the worry and fights about money, it was always there. So we uh, automatically uh, think that money could be bad. And we have to change what we believe about money to so, begin with. 
Just, and what I'm thinking when you're saying about that is I'm like, have people having some kind of trauma as their kids? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we gotta we gotta save money because we our parents are always yelling about money in trauma in the mm-hmm. past. Is that and, and and that follows us into adulthood? Is that what you're saying? Yes. And also, you know, after about uh, ten or eleven, you start kind of knowing, you know, what's going on in the world. Like you you kind of know where uh, family uh, status um, in terms of financial situation, you know, uh, when you hang around with your friends, you th- you know that uh, certain of some of your friends are uh, more wealthy, and some of your friends don't have enough money. So you kind of know where you are, and then uh, most of us feel bad about our situation. So we feel uh, very stressed uh, when we're um, in our middle school and junior high and high school. And then we just, um, most of us are depressed about money because we feel po- so powerless around money, you know, and no matter how much money you make after, you know, graduating your, from your school or college, you know, you, you have a hard time making both ends meet because the higher the salary you get, the more spending you have. <laughs> so it's a rat race, you know, even if you make $100,000, say, uh, in New York and Tokyo and Paris and in big cities, you know, you cannot go anywhere because your expenses are higher too. So you really have to sit down and just start looking at uh, financial situation from a different perspective. Otherwise, we've been brainwashed to spend more and more and more, you know, to feel good. But in- instead, we're feeling trapped into this financial system. It's interesting too. How can money, how can you make money smile? How can you make money happy? How could it work for you? How, what's the ways it can work for you? You know, the key is appreciation. I had a um, fortune of meeting um, my mentor, uh, who's called uh, Warren Buffett of Japan. His name is Wahe Takeda. Mm-hmm. And he taught me one secret about money. And he said, appreciation is a key. You know, arigato your money, appreciating your money is a key to abundance. That means when you receive money uh, in terms of check or salary, you thank the money and you thank the people who pay you. And also when you pay money, you you thank the people you're paying to, which may sound bizarre. But, you know, when you, when you spend money at the restaurant, somebody gave you service. When you bought something at the store, you got something in exchange with your money. So you can appreciate her or him for doing the service for you. So this appreciation uh, opens door for a new world for you. Because once you start appreciating about your money, you cannot worry about money at the same time because uh, our mind can focus only one, one thing at a time. So if you just start focusing on appreciation, money coming in and going out, you kind of forget about how to worry about money because you feel you have more than enough. It's um, interesting, too. It's like almost money feels like it's almost like a living thing in a way when you're talking about that. Yes. Yes, because for some people, money can be a monster. You know, I always ask people, uh, if money were a person, who would it be? Would it be a kind person? Would it be a mean person, like a gangster? (laughs) (laughs) Rip you off? You know, so um, it's interesting. And happy people tend to uh, look at money as a very happy, friendly person. It's almost like if you change your mindset a little bit, change your way of thinking, and it can change your life, actually. So it seems like. Yes, and uh, and it works. You know, I had a student one time. She was a single mom uh, who was doing a secretariat job, and she was complaining about her boss all the time. 
because she didn't get paid and because of her, she didn't have a college degree. But once she got this idea of appreciating money and appreciating people paying her, uh, she got a raise after a few weeks of you know, doing so. She didn't say much about you know um, appreciating, but uh, her attitude really sh uh, meant something for her boss. So her boss thought he has to pay her back in appreciation and as a, as a bonus. So uh, you know, think about it. If you you're um, appreciated so much by your flower florist or you know somebody at the vendor. Uh, you kind of like, uh, you know, feel good about it, and then you want to shop there again. So uh, appreciation attracts more customers and more clients. And if you appreciate your colleagues and bosses, they appreciate you back. And it doesn't cost you anything. It's it just a, it's a circulation of good feeling. So I recommend that you start appreciating not only money, but about life. And after that, your relationship with your kids, your parents and friends and partners uh, improve. What's interesting too, I was thinking about money. Some people, like you did mention about work and the, the person you were talking about a second ago, is some people go to work, they work two jobs and they don't like what they're doing and they're miserable, mm -hmm. but they have to make money. What is, one of the like a rat race. I don't know what you think about something like that. So it's, a, once again, it's an attitude. I have a friend of mine who started out as a toilet cleaner, which probably, you know, a lot of people hate. But, you know, he just learned uh, from Zen Buddhist, and then he figured out, like, uh, it's not nothing to do with their job. It's about your attitude. So he started appreciating his job about toilet cleaning, you know. And then he, uh, strangely, he became to like it. And then he was so passionate about cleaning the toilets. And then now he is an expert. He's a well-known guy. He wrote a few books on toilet cleaning and he invented a toilet cleaning devices. Oh, wow. You know, so he's invited to overseas to teach about um, toilet cleaning and cleaning your heart too. What's so now he's a speaker. A speaker about that's in, <laughs> in learning his passion and stuff like that. Well, one thing about uh -huh. like people like, you know, knowing their gifts and stuff like that, like going to work every day, you know, oh, I really don't want to do this anymore. I really, I think I have my passion about something else to make money, but the money's mm -hmm. really not there. And people, I, I wonder if something like that, we, we could talk about them like that. Yeah. So you have to start loving what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you don't have to hate what you do. And then the love and appreciation about what you do will attract um, uh, interesting opportunities. Because just if you're a boss, if you're somebody who is kind of looking at uh, people complaining about his job all the time, or the other one is appreciating about what's given to him or her, like you want to just give her or him a second chance or something bigger. So the people who appreciate the present situation tend to be promoted faster. You know, there's a founding, uh, findings in, uh, in the research too. So once you kind of start appreciating the environment, it's not just enduring the environment, you know, um, and then you start thinking, what, uh, where should I go? And, and from here, and that kind of uh, thinking uh, initiates search for your life work. And I've written many books on how to find your gifts and how to monetize them. And uh, the big step is uh, being curious about your life, being curious about what you're good at, being curious about your talents and gifts and potential. And I, um, 20 years ago, started um, having 
a curiosity around what I can do. I was doing an accounting job and I was a little bored. And then I got uh, curious, you know, I, I loved books. Mm -hmm. So I started uh, exploring more and I ended up being an author. So, <laughs> you know, uh, you never know. And my parents and my friends and school teachers, you know, I went to a reunion and everybody there never thought I'd become an author. And I, that's really, I was surprised by myself too. That's that's interesting. They were shocked that you came an author. Like, do you remember any anybody interactions anybody from the reunion besides just anybody you can talk to? Yeah. So you know, people thought uh, I may become a comedian or. Like, you know, <laughs> like I, I, I love talking with people, right? Like uh, what I do now with now Joe, right? So I love talking with people, but I never thought I'd become an author. But you know, I I I, I write as if I'm speaking to people. That's why my books are popular and I sold 8 million copies because people feel like uh, they're talking with me. So my gift of like chatting with people really paid off. So you have to be curious about what you're good at. And that is a, a small but a first step. Well, it's one thing that was interesting too. What are the steps to happy money? I know you mentioned that in the book and stuff like that. I wonder if you can go through some of the steps to happy money. Mm -hmm. So uh, once again, I said, appreciation, arigato, your money coming in, going out. That is the first step. And if you start doing that, you feel good about yourself. You feel good about the environment. You know, it's not, that, that doesn't mean that you settle down with where you are. And the second step would be, be, be curious about what you can do. Uh, if you were just doing a, a mundane um, job that anybody can do, you can be curious about how you can serve other people using your gifts. You may be good at connecting people. You may be good at writing. You may be good at with uh, um, listening to people, and and you may becoming you may end up being a counselor, or a coach, or a consultant, or whatever you're attracted to. So be curious about what you can do, and then if you spend a few years in a, a new environment, you know you absorb everything like a sponge because. If you love what you what you do, you get knowledge and experiences ten times faster than the people who are not interested in. It's an interesting topic too, and I'm like I like that word arigato. I say mm -hmm. it right. I yes. <laughs> I just like that word because I, I hear a lot when I my 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 full time job, so I hear that a lot. Um, but I hear that's that word. Great. Yeah, I'm sorry, word. So I, it sounded very familiar to me, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. One thing I want to touch on about money IQ, something that I was interested to, what is, because a lot of people don't have a lot of big money IQ and stuff like that. What is money IQ? You know, financial intelligence is important because unless you know about how money works in stock market, in real estate prices, you will end up losing it all uh, because uh, you have to have money intelligence. Money intelligence is if you say uh, you have $10, what are you going to do? If you're a gambler, you just uh, um, spend it on a slot machine, right? And if you just, uh, <laughs> if you're a saver, you probably bring it to a bank. And if you're a spender, you just spend it all, you know? So you have to be knowledgeable about money and just by using uh, $10 in, in your hands, how can you increase your money? Um, one thing about money and stuff like that, people always have issues and stuff like that. Um, any ideas, any tips that people can maybe budget their money any like maybe going through something in their daily life to help them get over the um, unhappiness of money 
So most of us feel like we deserve more money. We deserve better things. So we we try to give ourselves some kind of praise um, or prize uh, for you. I, I work hard, so I deserve like a, a jacket or a, a car or whatever that is. So you have to um, budget well if you are making a little money. So and, and you have to um, uh, be clear about how you want to spend your money, because um, uh, in North America especially, there's this culture of, of, of uh, you need to spend. It's almost like an obsession. You know, um, and, uh, and there, there are so many millions of uh, smart people came up with uh, great marketing ideas. So without your knowing, you know, you, you open your, up your wallet and just start spending. So you have to know, you know, uh, if you're not doing anything, you are likely to spend it all. So, uh, and, you know, I, I suggest young people to start spending 90% or 80% of, of your income. And, uh, and, and something like, like that is very simple. But I guess a lot of uh, um, North American kids are not taught that you have to save, like say. And just imagine, Joe, if you have saved 10% of all the money you made in your life, don't you think you're better off? <laughs> yeah, yeah right? we're a lot better off, yes. It'll be, it would be uh, amazing. It would be amazing if I did that. <laughs> but the way the society yeah. is right now, then, it'd be, it's kind of yeah. hard. Right. And then uh, think about it. You know, when you just look at all the expenses that you, know, you, you made over the past few months, there are certain things that you didn't really have to buy. You know, you bought it anyway. You just didn't think about it. You know, you just spent the money casually. So just spending 10% less. You don't need a rocket science. You need emotional control, though. So unless you know that you tend to overspend because of the culture, you know, we're forced to spend more. You know, we have to keep up with the Joneses, and uh, we have to have two cars or three cars. And instead, we could potentially manage our life with only one car, yeah. you know, if you just um, try to do something smarter spend less on something, you know, like a clothes or something. But uh, instead, uh, we're almost like uh, brainwashed to spend more. So if you start spending 10% less, and you don't have to feel so tight about life, you know, just uh, cut down all the uh, uh, spontaneous spending. Mm -hmm. And if you did that, you will be amazed how much money you have in your bank account. And then you know, you try uh, doing uh, 80% or 70%. You know, I I spend only a few percent of what I make. That's why I, you know, accumulate wealth. And uh, wealthy people cannot spend all the money they make. <laughs> Imagine that. And it's not, you know, like how they started doing that uh, after they made uh, millions of dollars. They were like that since they were young, you know. So, and the percentage of the money you spend is getting less and less and less after you become more wealthy. So start um, making uh, spending less than you make. One thing I was interested too is um, is a spiritual element to the money. You talked about the Buddha, Zen Buddha. I I'm not really yeah. sure that is. Can you wonder if you can explain that a little bit because I'm not sure if that is. No, Zen is sort of like a based on like a Star Wars, you know, the good and the bad, so and the positive and negative. 
Zen is about balance. Mm -hmm. So um, people tend to feel too positive about money or too negative about money. But if you just look at money from a Zen perspective, money is a neutral thing. It's not either good or bad. It's the meaning you give it to money. So if you um, look at money from a Zen perspective, um, uh, life is always neutral. You know, uh, you, you, you tend to think certain thing is good or bad. Like say uh, you have a baby, that may be good, but the baby could cause you so many troubles <laughs> later on, right? And then so maybe having no kids could contribute to happiness. But at the same time, having kids uh, can contribute to your happiness. So it can be good or it can be bad. So everything is like that. So when it comes to money, um, money can be good and bad. So you have to kind of have a balance uh, in your life. And otherwise, you'll be driven to, to make more, to get more. And this, I, I call it the more hell. Because, <laughs> you know, once you're hooked into this more hell, you have to do more, you have to be more, you have to want more. And that's a short, shortcut to hell. But instead, um, being satisfied with where you are, having what you have, and, and, and having the right balance between wanting more and enjoying what you have. Happy people were to satisfy. One thing that was interesting, too, is um, you have a daughter, um, um, daughter and um, mm -hmm. how did you teach her about money? What is some of the advice you give to her? I didn't give her any advice. I'm, I'm sort of like shown what I can, you know, just show money uh, can be happy. Mm -hmm. uh, because she's seeing me uh, use money in a most fun and happy way. You know, I do parties sometimes and just do charities. And uh, sometimes I invite young people, you know, 200 people for free. <laughs> and just I, I entertain them, just give them uh, good lectures. So they kind of like uh, uh, send me thank you letters after years of um, having party. So uh, spending money like that, you know, she knows that I'm contributing to many people's happiness and and uh, giving charities and um, uh, financing the uh, houses for uh, single mothers or uh, um, mothers who have been uh, run away from abusive husbands. So uh, she has seen me uh, finance those projects. And also uh, she's seen me invest in new companies that are just doing so well. So she know, she's seeing how to multiply the money and how to um, help money, you know, help people out of uh, terrible places. So she knows that money can be uh, so good. And then money can bring us happiness uh, materially and, and money can um, uh, heat our house and cool our house and bring us uh, uh, food on the table. So I've um, taught her that money can be good. And uh, so many people smile because of our money. And I think it's a, the best lesson I can give to kids. Did she ever ask any questions about money? Any questions? Oh, yes, all the time. She asked me why there are some uh, wealthy people and, and not so wealthy people. You know, so I, I said the people who are wealthy have uh, given so much to the society, say Steve Jobs. You know, he created the products that everybody loves, you know, the watches and 
computers and and the owners of uh, Tesla, you know, he he made so many cool cars that people never people don't mind paying so much money, you know, for electric cars. So somebody like that uh, ends up being rich, uh, and and uh, so the more service and more happiness you create, they attract more money. That's very interesting. I guess I'm. Um... Wrapping up, I guess, final thoughts. Anyone leave with the audience? Anyone leave about money and happiness? So, you know, I think life is not made equal, right? Um, some are born wealthy, and some of us are uh, struggling, I guess. And But the uh, distance to happiness is the same. It doesn't really matter how much money you make or how much money you have. This distance to happiness is the same. So life is not equal, but I think it's fair. So uh, if you find peace and happiness, you can do so by appreciating your money. And uh, once again, it's not how much money you have or how much money you make. It's about your feeling about that you have toward money and also toward life. So if you can be happy with where you are and who you are at this moment, you can be in heaven. So change your attitude toward money and life, and you can find happiness. Well, um, where they can connect to you, they want to find more about you and more about your book? You can find all the information on kenhonda.com, K-E-N, and Honda as in a car.com. And, uh, and there isn't much uh, information in English yet, but I'm working on translating some of the stuff into English. And you can download a free uh, online thing for you. Um, but, you know, you can, you can find happiness. You know, you don't have to read the whole book. You know, just appreciate your money. So just I pray all the listeners find happiness and peace with your money. Thanks, Ken. I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. All the links will be in the show notes. I really appreciate you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. I know you're a happy father, and then keep going and just enlighten the world. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. Wrapping up this episode, I want to thank Ken for being a guest on the podcast. You can find more about him over at KenHonda.com. Like he said in the, in the podcast, like the car, Ken, H-O-N-D-A.com. Also, check out his website. Since the interview, he had a lot of more things. He had some courses, like the transformational courses. And also, he has a community about happy money. Go check it out. You can find all the links in the show notes over at nosittingonthesideline.com slash 115. Hey, if you have any questions, please reach out, leave a comment, or real qu- I just want to say hello. I like to how you're doing. My contact information at nosittingonthesideline.com slash contact. Final thoughts, wrapping up. I really want to thank you being here with me subscribe to the podcast and listen to the podcast I were, i'm, I'm going to try to say thank you in japanese i may butcher it but i'm, I'm practicing arigato oh i'm going to say arigato i don't know how to say the last word but thank you thank you for listening until next time take care give your kids a hug tell them how much you love them and it'll take a minute just give somebody a call who you've been talking a while especially nowadays with everything going on they might want, need somebody to talk to and not be lonely. Because you know what? Reaching out and, and to friends and stuff and keeping those connections are important. Until next time, take care. God bless.
Yeah. 